Welcome to Tech This Way. Hey, Malik. Hi, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Hey, thanks a lot for making the time, man. No problem. Happy to. Yeah. So you're down in uh, you're down in Singapore. Yeah. So I've been living here for well, I've been commuting to KL for twelve years. Um. So, but I, you know, I, I left in my first time I departed Singapore was because of the Asian financial crisis. Yeah. I was, I was okay. hugely in debt. I had to earn hard currency. Ringgit at the time was going all over the shop. I don't have currency, so I get to Singapore uh, to pay back my pay back my loans. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's, oh, we can, that's part of the story. We can, get, in, story. We can get into that soon. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So um, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. No, no worries. Happy um, to. So basically, you know, I talk to guys like you and try to find out about your exciting entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. And uh, we can go back as far as you comfortably want to go back to. Um, from your lawyer days, if you like, even. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and the transition to giving up uh, giving up your consulting job and then setting up some yeah. classified stuff. That's so really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, yeah. It's been a journey. La. It's quite yeah. interesting one. Can I ask where you're from originally? I'm from KL. Okay. Yeah, I'm just a completely city boy. I was just, um, remember that my... Uh, you know, I could hear you know the Quran reading from the national stadium in those days <laughs> during oh. football v- matches. I, could, I, I lived by the national stadium. Yeah. Okay, so you're either VI, okay. St. John's, yeah, MBS, John's. oh, St. John's. Yeah, St. Okay. Yeah, 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 I was MBS. So, it's a road. Oh, okay, yeah, I talked a couple of friends there. Okay, great. So, yeah, I think I, yeah. I, left, I left when I was 11 years old. I went to Singapore already, I went to a boarding okay. school here. Hmm. So yeah, yes, just uh, kind of lost touch with uh, all the St. John boys. Oh, you pretty much but, grew up in, in Singapore. Uh, not really, just in my boarding school. Uh, so oh, boarding school. holidays were you know holidays were in KL. Mm-hmm. Um, still very much. If you say we have the KL Singapore, so uh, home is where the family is. So it's in Singapore, right? So, but well, when it comes to friends and networks, it's definitely KL. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then coming back from Singapore, you were in uh, Bristol. Yeah. Right. Bristol, and then uh, uh, and then I did my uh, two years in the US to do the MBA, and then uh, and then came back. Yeah, yeah. And then it was well, a standard it, standard career after that, like, As a lawyer. Yeah. Well, as a I mean, you know, I mean, uh, standard career stopped in nineteen ninety nine, I think mean, nineteen ninety seven. Mm. Uh, mm. So and then and then it took off a non standard career. <laughs> so what happened there? That's that's that's. No, I just started my own business, right? KL Classified. So mm. I started that. Uh, well, why so, did you do that? Um, You're fairly you know, new in the, that, in the career. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it. I don't know. It was just uh, you know, why do people start businesses, right? Because they they think they can, you know, they they can create something of value out of it. You know, they can mm. get create something valuable. Uh, I was very, I was hugely excited about um, the, the the information space. Right? So, um, you know, the information basically at the time, you know, all information was becoming digitized, and this was mm. 1998, uh, right? Um, okay, and it's fairly new. Even was, even email was becoming new then. Yeah, I mean, but but I had a little bit of a head start coming from the US. 
um, a little bit of a head start because I remember the you know uh, professor coming in and bringing in this huge box computer, and this is 1993, 1994, right? Just plunk, Netscape was just about to be listed, just listed then. He plunked this computer on this you know, on in the center of the classroom and just says, "Look, we can hear sounds from we can we can hear sounds through the internet, right?" Basically, he was playing, um, trying to play a. a, a, a a music, a music thing through the internet, basically a stream, right? right. And uh, and it didn't work, so we just waited around, things like that. But the the, the potential was there, like, And a lot of my classmates actually were the Web 1.0 guys. Um, uh -huh. So the right, the guy who wrote the business plan for Yahoo, um, you know, became uh, uh, is you know he, he yeah he yeah I mean he's one of the Yahoo key, key personnel. Um, you know, another person, uh, uh, some of them became sort of the adults in the room. I mean, I mean, person from my class is Sheryl Sandberg. I don't know her personally, class of 900 people, but she's one of, you know, so a lot of internet pioneers uh, were from uh, that, that, that three or four years during that time, the internet 1.0, right? Uh, and you so were there Harvard. at, was it Harvard or Stanford? Harvard, yeah, Harvard, yeah. So yeah, so that was a uh, that was thing, and you know, um, yeah, and, and I got I, I got taken up by it as well. So yeah, mm. so, yeah. So I we're guess not on, on yet, right? Formally, we just we just chatting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's kind of started. <laughs> okay, okay, kind of started. All right. Yeah, it started. Already. <laughs> what about yourself, Amra? Um, oh, mine was fairly boring. So I was at uh, KL Boy and MBS. Mm. And then I did my uni in, in London at Imperial. Okay. Um, I realized I'm that? sorry. What year was that in Imperial? Graduated '95. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then I realized I'm not cut out to be an engineer. I did. I did okay. chemical. Um, okay. And Anderson Consulting did one of their milk rounds, right? So they were talking about the company, and I said, "Oh, this computer stuff and projects. Mm. Being a consultant, that sounds cool." Uh, and and that's where I was for say fifteen years, fifteen sixteen years. Okay. Mm. Okay. Who was that with? Uh, Anderson Consulting. Of course. Uh, then then Accenture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, back to you. Back to you. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you came back. You know, uh, become a lawyer, and then. Um, when did you? Why the jump to media? I mean, on the classifieds. Uh, so okay, so it started like this. I really my first love was actually radio. Um, this was um, I, I did I've done I did my MBA. I've done my I did you know so set back the scene right. This was um, I, I I did my first degree law and then I, I continued you know being a uh, sort of graduated to become a lawyer. Um, realized that I was completely useless at it. Um, I'm not a corporate lawyer. I'm a wordsmither. Um, mm. I'm not a wordsmither. I mean. And I remember struggling. I remember giving this partner my work and the look on his face just told me everything, right? He says, basically, how can you come up with such crap? <laughs> how do we even employ you? Right? Yeah. I mean, he didn't say it, it was very kind. Yeah. But I could see in his face. He was just shocked at the level of my um, wordsmithing. Um, so, uh, so I knew, so I did, I, so I knew that wasn't my calling. Uh, it was just something that, you know, um, I guess I did vicariously because of my father, my father really wanted to become a judge. So I was kind of like, you know, press gang into doing this and, or guilt tripped into doing law for his sake, right? So I'm like, okay, dad. Um, so what, so you know, those, that, those, were, those were our times, right? Yeah. yeah you you did what you get told you. Yeah. yeah. Guilt, actually, he, he, he really got the idea from my teacher, right? Uh, one of my teachers who was a Ghanaian, guy from Ghana. Um, 
he was my football coach as well, happened to see my father and say, hey, your son, you know, this is on the basis of one, one classroom situation. I was part of a, uh, you know, he put me as part of the debate and I happened to debate apparently quite well. So he, he, puts, he you know, sort of incepted this idea that I could be a good lawyer to my father. <laughs> And since my father was a, wanted to be a judge anyway, unfulfilled, unre, unrequited love for you know for for the law, habis lah. Uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't get out of it. Right? So <laughs> either that, or I knew medicine wasn't my thing. So, kilah law, and it proved useful. I mean, even now, I mean, literally, I I mean, I I never regretted doing it. Hmm. Uh, but it wasn't my first love. Right? Yeah. Um, my first love was actually economics and how you know, how things work. Uh, I mean, how things. How the financial world works not so much financial how the real world um the, the, how the economy works how do businesses work right? I, I remembered um yeah i enjoyed business and um one of the areas that i you know found found great opportunity in i thought was i mean when i went to england for the first time was radio and my first love was radio i said mm-hmm. i'm gonna start a business in radio oh. uh, because in malaysia it was just all you know it was all boring and everything and, and in the uk at the time it was fantastic it was really exciting it was funny it was emotional yeah, Chris Tarrant on the you know you had you and Imperial, so you know that you know about Chris Tarrant, you know yeah, about yeah. the radio, right? You you know it's something that you kind of like wow, and then that's where we pick up the humor, we pick up the we pick up the sarcasm and all that kind of thing. Um, mm. Yeah, so radio was a first love. Um, so never mind, I said never mind, we can wait for this. Um, then I went off to do my MBA, um, and then you know maybe I wanted to try to get to Silicon Valley at the time, Web 1.0, um, but I couldn't. My visa didn't allow me to work in the US, so I said okay, never mind, I'll 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 I'll, I'll come back to KL. But uh, along the way, um, when I was, I remember during my summer internship, uh, I heard that, um, you know, oh, that time Time Highway, time Highway Radio was about to, mm. was launched. And Time Highway Radio was a hit, right? Uh, yeah. The Fly Guy, etc. right? It was a real mm. hit. Kev, little and Kevin Fly Guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said, wow, they, they're really um, liberalizing. So maybe I can come in and maybe somehow, you know, come back, work for a consulting firm for a while and, and find, you know, and maybe... Get, um, get my hands on a, you know, or propose a radio station that we can do. After all, the, the, you know, there were no, all the channels were empty, right? Except for RTM channels. Um, yeah, you're right. Then, During, before THR, it was yeah. all, you know, uh, piped programs from the US, right? The top 40 or something on the weekends or yeah. from, so quite limiting. Right? And then suddenly, yeah. Lil Kevin, uh, THR came out. I was like, wow, yeah. you're right. They suddenly yeah. that became the station, right? The cool hit yeah. station. Yeah. But I'm sure it wasn't a surprise to you and me because you know we've studied in the UK before, so you know where that is coming mm. from. Mm. Um, so, but they just happened to do it first, right? Yeah, uh, which is which is great. Um, so I said, right, I want to get into this, and then suddenly, but unfortunately, uh, a fellow alumni, about 20, 30 years my senior, maybe twenty five, I don't know, um, you know, launched six radio stations at once. You know, his name is uh, Ananda Krishnan. <laughs> oh, did <laughs> he? Yeah. Now, now Astro, right? So yeah. yeah, so you know somehow he managed to wrangle. Like, he has a satellite, a satellite mm. deal, but he also managed to get some terrestrial radio licenses as well, right? Yeah. Sapu first lah, you know. Yeah. Uh, Sapu would ask questions later, um, and I'm told later that you know he, he wasn't supposed to have that, but never mind, you know. That, so I said, wow, here's a here's a billionaire already got six radio station licenses. I better I better stick to consulting for a while until I find something something other business opportunity. I'm not going to compete with a billionaire here. <laughs> so and um yeah so so I left that for a while um so i said okay what else is there to do i was consulting at this time and okay consulting is fun it's it's interesting it's intellectually challenging you've been there before uh, a lot of clients um but that that sort of entrepreneurial um calling is always bugging me so you already had one i uh, radio cannot do already what else can i do what else can i do right 
Mm. And I thought, well, this, there's this other thing. And I, I usually pick up a few ideas along the way. I still pick up ideas until today. It's like, what are the interesting things that are happening around the world that can be then can be applied to Malaysia? And I'm sure when you went to Imperial as well, you came across this magazine called Loot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Loot, students' right? so, favorite. Students' favorite thing. You yeah. buy, you, it's, it's a classified paper. And it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant business model. Why? You 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 know you don't have to expense it. You don't people buy it just for the ads, yeah. right? the classic yeah. So it's a brilliant model because you don't need you don't need editorial team, mm. which is expensive. You know, usually newspapers have this problem, right? They have an editorial team and then they have advertising to 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 subsidize. Whereas this one, you just buy it for the advertising, so you don't have an editorial team. It's a beautiful business model, right? Yeah. Hey, this is really interesting. I should do this. I should try this, right? So I did, and mm. and literally it was just, you know it was it was that, and I thought that you know with this. Start off with at the time this was 1996, 1997. I thought, hey, you know, Malaysia is still print oriented. Let's do print first, but but make sure that you have a pathway to digitizing all this because that's going to be classified on online is mm. going to be fantastic, right? Because it's just it's just it just lends itself to it, right? What uh, was yeah, it so at that point? It was it just I don't know adverts in the Star, New York Times. It was it with the classified. So at the time, it was something you be. I think you forgot because it's the Malay Mail. Malay Mail had the best classifieds. Okay. That paper came in the afternoon. Right. Not in the morning. It the came in the afternoon. I remember it. all the office workers were all looking at Malay Mail after your page three pin up, wherever. <laughs> At the time, Malaysian version, version, the Malaysian version. Malaysian version, that's right. Not, not the Sun version. Yeah. After, your, after your page three, then you flip, uh, flip, flip. Basically, it's 120 pages of classifieds, right? Property, right. la, 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 you know, the whole, the whole, the whole show. Yes, yes. I looked at it, I thought, wow, 120 pages, you multiply each, um, each four column, four lines is worth about, I think at the time, about 30, 40 ringgit, right? Mm. Um, you know, um, basically, even in those days, it's 30, 40 ringgit for four lines. Like, you count it out, like one page is about, wow, this is about 20,000 ringgit per page, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, okay, let's let's compete with this. Let's bring this model uh, to um, to uh, to KL at least. I call it KL Classifieds, and I left consulting to do this. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. So just 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 big one problem, hmm. and the problem was the uh, six months later, uh, or rather, as I was in the process of about to launch, uh, we had something called the Asian financial crisis. And even for the Malay Mail, the 120 pages, quite thick, became mm. became 18 pages. Right? So it was like an 85% contraction. Uh. Um, and then I'm here. I am a new new kid on the block trying to get this going. Where did you get your funding uh, from at that point? So I got my funding from um, a guy called Tong, uh, You should know the guy Tong Kui Ong. Hmm. Heard the name? He doesn't uh, know. Uh, he doesn't know you, <laughs> Tong Kuyong, who's the, who was the owner of the Edge at the time, um, and he started Edge. I said, "Oh, great! This is a banker going to media, and maybe I can uh, excite him." Um, so I, I I presented a, a proposal to him. Uh, it was a half an hour presentation. I got a million bucks, right? Hmm. Uh, um, I'm so I got money, and I'm like, "Wow, is it you know?" But yeah, he had faith in it, um, and I put some of my own money. Uh, we you know we raised about uh, so my own money was about three hundred thousand, which I borrowed. Um, you know, um, and uh, and another and another co-founder who put in another you know sort of uh, another hundred something thousand ringgit something like that. But so between between the three of us is about one point five million ringgit lah, You know, mm. and this is three hundred thousand ringgit of uh, ringgit that I didn't have. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is three hundred thousand ringgit I just borrowed. That's a lot back uh, then. 
Yeah, it's huge. And um, and maybe we might have, um, you know, I borrowed from uh, uh, from Tong's bank. <laughs> Un uncollateralized. Uh, so Based on trust. So, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. So that, that happened. Um, and launched it. Uh, tried it for a year. I remember, um, you know, the bar was going down. I remember asking Tong, hey, hey uh, shall we still go ahead? I mean, I've spent 200,000 bucks, right? I spent 200,000 bucks on paper, equipment, you know, and we got some lease obligations and all that. But, but you know, uh, but, you know, we, we can't come out of this just by, you know, let's let's maybe, you know, sort of, let's think, you know, let's, let, let's decide whether to go or launch or not. And then he said, no, 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 this one, even for him, it was like, no, no, this one will be temporary. This Asian financial crisis is just, it's just a temporary thing. So I'm like, you know what? Okay lah, the, the you know uh, let's let's go for it, right? Uh, unfortunately, it was the wrong call. Uh, no one's to blame. No no one could predict that. Oh, like yeah. like no one can predict now. Uh, wrong call. And yeah, basically, I was yeah I was on the hook for three hundred thousand bucks. Um, my co-founder lost his you know one hundred seventy thousand ringgit or whatever. Mm. Um, and Tong lost one million. Um, so you know uh, yeah, but the the tidying up was so hard. And you know after that, I was scrambling. Um, scrambling. I owe the bank. The bank was calling. The suppliers were calling. Why, you know, I have this, you know, they have this huge roll of paper that they can't resell on in the warehouse. When am I going to pay for it? Can I, you know, uh, and so on. So, yeah, I had to deal with, um, had to deal with uh, debt collectors with, you know, knuckle dusters on your hands, you know. This and you were fairly young then too, right? So not even yeah, yeah. 30. Well, 30, 31, 32. Ah. Yeah. So not a pleasant experience. Mm. Um, and interestingly, it was um, it allows me to, in a way, you know, yeah. So I've I, and I've seen people like that. I mean, I've I've seen people in desperate circumstances, as I was in, uh, in those days. And I, you know, I try not to, you know, put too much pressure. Right. In fact, there was an exactly the same guy, exactly the same sort of person, same sort of situation, um, that you know that that I you know that owed BFM money like that. Right. He bought some advertising and stuff like that. So you know, I know how he felt, but. Then I guess I, I can become a counselor in a way to say like look, at the end of the day you know what you can you know uh, usual things are don't run away face face the thing just keep the communication lines open etc. But we're digressing. Uh, so at the time, yeah, at the time, yeah, it was um, it was difficult. Um, but the but there was a slight there was an unusual. I mean maybe it's uh, for Twitter's it's uh, providence um, act of God. But um, there's a guy called Mark Chang. Uh, who, you know, who I was like, you know, we, he was doing something called Job Street, which was putting jobs online, right? Mm. And there was some synergy with me when I was doing the paper. I put his jobs and put it on paper. So that gives him some, you know, some coverage and, and vice versa. And he said to me, he found out about my, um, my venture collapsing. So he said, why don't you join me and Job Street? I'm like, I said, sure. And then he told me the salary. I said, oh, cannot, lah, because I have, to, I, have to, I have to pay back this 300000 and I can't do it on a 4,000, 5,000 ringgit salary, right? Mm. Um, and then uh, he said, okay. Um, but then I got a call from him a week later and he said, look, some of my co-founders want to see you. I said, why? Because I said, I, I, I can't, I told you already, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. But, uh, he said, no, never mind, just come over anyway and talk. And so I talked and the, inside the room were a guy called Unkeyeb, another guy called um, um, Charles, um, Charles and, and, you know, they were the co-founders of Job Street, and you know, I remember being in the meeting, being being a bit like, "Wow, this meeting is very weird." You know, asking me about, they're asking me about philosophy, my values, what you know, what you know. The, the questions were all over the shop, right? Um, and it wasn't really about you know, sort of KL classifieds or Job Street, or whatever. 
Um, and then after the meeting, you know, I, um, I, I was asked to step out, so I stepped out. And then, and then they had a small discussion. I came back to the room again. And why, why I say it was fortuitous is because Kate came up to me one, um, and said, Malik, um, I'm going to give you a, uh, how much do you owe? How much do you owe the bank? Yeah. Malula, I said 200,000 instead of 300,000. I should have said 300,000. Honesty is always the best policy. But he said, okay, here's, I'm going to give you a check for 200,000 ringgit. Right? You join Job Street. If, if uh, we fire you, we do find you not suitable. When we fire you, you don't have to pay it back. But, um, uh, but if you leave, you have to pay it back. Right? Mm. Um, and uh, if you leave voluntarily. Um, and join Job Street, and uh, and these are you know, and we got a venture capital company uh, calling on us to to expand Job Street. I want you to work. We want you to work on that. So my gosh, that, that's a person that actually solved you know two thirds of my my two thirds of my problem, right? Um, yeah, which is great. It could have solved hundred percent of my problem if I had yeah. been honest. So if, so, if so, back, it, right? so if you look back, what what do you think was did you do right for for them to put that such a deal? I think it was just pure honesty, right? Uh, except for that two hundred thousand part. <laughs> if you could say the important part, right? But anyway, yeah. So you know, so you're just being frank and honest about the your yeah, misadventure. Just, yeah, uh, being frank and honest about you know uh, what I'm you know uh, what went wrong and you know uh, you know my how I'm gonna how I'm gonna make it back up. At least personally, I wasn't thinking about them at the time. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, they. I think for everyone concerned, it was uh, it's it's it was um it was a nice thing, right? They had a venture capital company already interested, um, and they needed someone to sort of uh, just you know, bring it over the line because we had you know jobs we had no business plan, no no um, you just had Mark who's an engineer, right? And uh, you, you're an engineer yourself, and and you know he was like okay business plan how you know for me it was like business plan okay can you know I can do and this and that. And, so on, right? And uh, yeah, so we, so yeah, I laid out, um, so I joined them and we got the funding and yeah, and then Job Street um, started that phase of expansion uh, in 1999. I remember the revenue at the time was only about 250,000 ringgit, right? Um, yeah. So that so, was from scratch, right? That was not from scratch. It already had been in existence for about two, three years, um, two years or so. Uh, Mark started a website design company uh, at first, he had he actually he started something called mol dot um, mol dot com, um, um, which became, had a few had a few uh, things got got sold to Vincentan etc. In, in uh, a bit early on in the day, um, but but basically yeah he had he started a few things. I mean it's web one right? You try everything right. So mm. you try doing first thing you do what website design because that's what everyone wanted right. So yeah. Mark started website design tried to make some money of a portal. He had a portal. He, you know, so he was following a bit of the Yahoo model at the time, right? Yeah. Uh, Alta Vista, et cetera, search engine, all, all that kind of thing. And then that kind of like didn't work out because you know, we didn't have scale. And so now, and then he, then suddenly he, he, you know, he was doing a, designing a website for Dell and Dell goes, hey, why don't you create a job site? La? You know, we're trying to get engineers from the US, right? Like, okay, I'll do that. Now. I'll do job site. Oh, and Dell, why did you pay for it? We are create a corporate website for you. No, 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 why did you smart for Dell? Dell Malaysia. No, you do yourself. You do yourself. You 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 do your thing. I don't mind. It doesn't have to be exclusive. You can get engineers for uh, from all the other companies. So Mark started building it up, and then yeah, it became suddenly the the portal itself wasn't a great business, but the jobs was a great business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the jobs jobs classifieds. Um, okay. Yeah. So I came. I had one year's experience in doing physical classifieds, and and but had a lot of kind of like you know thinking and 
in a way uh, a path for a path for internet classified. So it's a is a in a way it's a marriage that was opportune for everyone at the time. Hmm. Yeah, so I did that for four years, um, and um, and it was great. Um, and uh, but um, I think you know towards. Uh, uh, Towards our my towards my fourth year, uh, and the job was expanding. We, we you know we, again we we came through a not some difficult times. Two thousand crisis, mm. uh, the dot com crisis. The dot com bust. Yeah, yeah dot com bust. But we still were okay. But I think generally the VCs um, you know wanted us to, or rather the the director that the VCs planted uh, um, you know, to advise us was a real old school guy and you know he, to him it was like you know what you guys um you guys need to cut down your cost and mm. um, and i was a casualty meaning that they you know, basically like okay one of your co-founders uh, even even you know, they call him co-founder one malik is you know he's he's earning a you know this i think you need to get him back to malaysia earning back a malaysian salary he's in singapore trying to build, build your business there but there's no business to be built in singapore yet you bring him back and it didn't suit my personal circumstances at the time, so mm. so we had a parting of ways, lah. But I had still had some shares, mm. um, and uh, and that worked out quite okay. So I worked out quite okay. It helped me put my, the first down payment on my first house, right? So yeah, nice. so that was, that was great. Nice. Yeah. So not not to retire on, but I, mm. you know, it could have been retired on, but I helped my shares all the way. But you know, but uh, but I didn't. So yeah, there we are. There were some pressing needs like a. Uh, like a house and family <laughs> in between. Yeah, other parts, yeah. yeah. So then what happened after Job Street? Uh, yeah, so I had a stint as a, a, on the corporate side. I went to Maxis for a while. Mm. Uh, again, on the mobile um, mobile internet side. Okay. Um, and that was... Oh, well in the way of uh, technology, right? Like, like. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, you know, sort of... Uh, this was pre-iPhone days. Huh? Mm. Um, and, and then I worked for Yahoo. Um, after that, and then after Yahoo, um, yeah, I decided I decided to go. You know what? This is a game for the big boys. If I wanted to become in this, if I wanted to be in this space at the time, like I thought, you know, I had to join. You know, it's either you know, it's it's I had to join the Google uh, mobile team, which at the time they didn't have a name for Android yet, right? I have mm. to be an employee, or I can go back on this entrepreneurial path, right? Mm. Um, so so I say let, let's see how how the dice rolls. Um, so I. At the time, my, I, I came back to radio again um, because I was hearing a lot of complaints from people saying that radio has now become cookie cutter, right? It's like, mm. you know, Fly Guy and Little Kev has gone, they have gone on and everyone else trying to copy Fly Guy and Little Kev and not quite mm. succeeding. Mm. And, um, and everyone's about, you know, every, 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 every discussion, everything has to be a joke all the time. So, mm. and, and the crank know, calls and things, crank calls, getting repetitive and so on, right? So, okay. So I said, all right, maybe maybe people do need now. Now they have they have two hours on the road every day. Um, maybe they do need something else, or something something more substantive. And and I was older by this time. I was in like my late thirties, you know, uh, coming up to my forties. I said, well, uh, my interests have changed from sort of you know hit music and and that. what else would people want? So I said, hmm, maybe maybe it's about a, a very substantive station. About um, but uh, why not a business station, right? Um, mm. you know, we can't. It's a talk station, but focus on business because mm. uh, the Edge did it in the newspaper space, um, and you can develop quite niche. I've heard of BFM in France, which is a business station in France. I've heard of a Russian station, etc., in business, and and all the businesses station seems to hold their own. And I thought, why not? Why not do this? It's your interest anyway. You have an MBA. You have you know, and I also have, and part of my sort of makeup is actually I I really do want to see Malaysian. Um, one thing I realized when I came back from the US is how. Uh, how far, I mean, how we think uh, from a U, uh, 
you know, um, how U.S. companies and U.S. managers think about business is very, very different from uh, the, the the public companies of Malaysia at the time, right? Mm. What um, do you mean? U.S. companies were very like they, U.S. companies. If you ask to do them something, they'll do one thing, but they'll do it really, really well, right? Google search, right? Yeah. And then yes, and then they start doing other things. But my gosh, uh, you know, there's and then what happens is okay, no, 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 okay. We now we're gonna split it. You know, uh, we have a search business. The others we hive off, right? So they're very, you know, they can focus on one thing and make that one thing really, really work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at, you know, you know, whether it's uh, uh, um, precision parts or uh, even, you know, uh, so they have this very focused mentality. Whereas in Malaysia at the time, and still do certain things, we're very conglomerate type thing. Oh, you do this. We do six different things. We have six mm-hmm. core businesses, right? Which is uh, an oxymoron. You don't have six core businesses. You either have yeah. one core business, right? Uh, or yeah. you have six businesses, right? Yeah. You don't have six core businesses. So, and I find that sometimes, you know, and, and you look at the successful Malaysian companies today, um, what what are the companies that are, are what are our global, global world beaters out there? Um, gloves, mm. condoms, right? Two, we have two world beaters, num- two world number ones, because they focus on one, one thing, thing, gloves. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's slightly inaccurate. The condom guys were going, to, were going to rubber gloves, and the rubber gloves guys are going to condoms. But generally speaking, lah, you know. Um, and you have the regional guys like Air Asia, uh, focus on airlines. And, and when they haven't focused, like, you know, football and car racing, you know, uh, um, you know, motorsports, then everything just fell apart. But generally, the airlines was good until we had COVID. Now, of course, that one, yeah. that one you, you can't you know, can't blame them for that, right? Uh, but they had focus. So I think this sort of things, um, and I realized that, uh, yeah, I wanted to do this. Uh, so there were some things, you know, maybe there's something, you know, I wanted to see Malaysian com- companies compete uh, uh, well, uh, hold their own internationally. So I thought, right, doing a business radio station might be a way to at least, um, you know, uh, at least move the narrative towards, you know, from from sort of just domestic type type things to, yeah, how do you compete internationally? How do you be, be successful? And that's so the, the mission today. So yeah. the, it wasn't so much from a, okay, like obviously the business had to stand by itself, right? Um, yeah. as a station but I, it's, it's, what I'm hearing is more about what you can do with the, with the station as opposed to the station as a business yeah that's right so you know I, I, it's always been my case that you know it's um, to a certain extent yes I'm, I'm very uh, I want to make sure that any business can pay for itself mm. right but if it's doing good I'm okay with just paying for it, the business paying for itself you know much to my shareholders uh, uh, <laughs> some of my shareholders are upset when they hear that right but hey how come we're supposed to make money I'm like yeah but okay lah, but you don't have to, you know, make you know you we, we we you must have a you know thing. I remember my 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 uh, my boss who's now you know it's kind of like the he founded Navis Capital, uh, the guy called Nick Bloy. He, he looks at me and goes, "Mala, you always involve yourself in businesses that are there's some there's something social to them, right? Uh, then, mm-hmm. And you know, which makes it hard for me to invest." Right? <laughs> he goes, "Like yeah, yeah, there is a social element, but so long as we you know, um, and BFM is not." You know, um, and I must say, BFM is not like it's not just sustainable. It does churn out the profit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not not so not recently, not not you know with the COVID and uh, COVID and stuff. But but yeah, it is it, um, it's holding its own. It's it's still sustainable even during these difficult times. Uh, but yeah, we do generate profits out of that, uh, which is great. I think that's to me the ideal scenario is when you are doing something which you you have a a, a, 
an agenda. I, I'll admit it. We have it. I have an agenda, which is to make Malaysian businesses and managers and um, 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 more competitive. Uh, we have a vision for BM. The other agenda is building first world Malaysians. Mm. And uh, we have that agenda. And if the agenda allows us also to pay for ourselves and make a bit, make, make a bit on the side, why not? Right? That's great. That's the most ideal scenario. Mm. So if you were good to go back to the start of, of BFM, how was that? Yeah. You know, in case you, you had to find a team. Obviously, you never ran a, a, a yeah. owned a station before. How, how did that go? Um, I was naive, right? So um, first, I've always operated after going from Job Street, Maxis, uh, Yahoo, etc. Um, you're generally dealing with a lot of you know coders, programmers, uh, product managers, um, you know, um, and so on. I've never had to deal with media people or mm. or creative creative people. I mean, they are create a lot of people I work with are creative technologically, but they're not necessarily sort of uh, things. So and so that created a huge uh, culture shock for me actually. When I, were, when I was recruiting people, I'm, 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 I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I've never got a resume where people said their, their color of their eyes are green with contact lenses. <laughs> you know, like, huh? What kind of resume is this? But yeah, they are personalities. And, you know, and, and here I am having a very much a sort of um, a left brain type envi- business environment, left brain content, mm. business, uh, finance, with uh, uh, with an in- industry that is generally right brain, meaning you know, uh, very that. creative, mm. you know, yeah, right. and, and very kind of like very in a way creative people. I, I recognize it because there's an element of me that is that that is very precious about their ideas, but very proprietary about the ideas. Very you know, sort of if you reject their ideas, we get very upset. It's right? personal. It's personal, right? Uh, yeah, ad agencies are like that, right? Um, and so on. Very very personal. And so, yeah, so when I tried to, you know, kind of in a way impose a, you know, uh, here's a guy who has never done media before, never done radio before, trying to, uh, only knows business and trying to, try to cajole his, uh, his create, uh, you know, people in radio, uh, with prior experience radio, this is how, the, this is the way we do it for business uh, and radio. I, I get flagged for that, right? Uh, so, yeah, so literally I, I lost half my team in the first uh, 18 months, right? So you recruit a whole bunch of people, lost half of them. <laughs> You know, Especially when um, the the content itself wasn't your typical radio station, right? This is not another right. uh, yeah. musical yeah. entertainment stuff. This is kind of fairly serious right. content, right? Yeah. So I think that there was, uh, I mean, the, there was that thing about my own credibility uh, because I, no, I didn't come from media, hmm. but no one was, no one had the business credibility either, right? Um, and we are not able to talk because they can't. Rec- I mean, when I speak to the, the early people I hired, um, could I mean they couldn't recognize by my business credibility, and I couldn't recognize their media credibility. You know what I mean? Uh, who are you again? <laughs> like, who are you in business? Uh, you know, uh, we can't establish that, right? So mm. at the end of the day, I guess I had to, you know, uh, with you know half the team that was left. Um, and um, to really sort of build out this business and media credibility together, right? And we started from the business side because without the business, without the content, without displaying that you know your stuff, you can't get you can't get credibility amongst your your targeted listeners. Mm-hmm. And you know, and until today, we're not the best presenters in the world, right? You know, we're not we are not good at sort of you know the you know the slick radio sounds and all that. BFM sounds a bit raw sometimes, right? 
Oh, but they're still uh, good. Yeah, yeah, I get it, but you know, but yeah, I can say that, but um, yeah, but it's not like you know, it's sometimes it's not polished. I can say sometimes we're a bit we you know we we, we try to it's it's like diamond in the rough like, What we say, mm. what we see, what do we have to polish, polish, polish? Mm. Even until today, you know, I'm going, I'm I I cringe. I say, Chuang, why do you ask? Why do you ask two questions at a time? Please, you know, the guy is your interviewee is going. Uh, hold on a second. You, uh, let me squid, split your questions into three parts. <laughs> when your guest is saying that something is wrong, I, let me split your questions that you asked me just now into three parts, right? Well, part one, I think what you're asking is part two, part three. So our presentation is not the best, but uh, with our content, our substance, uh, we try to improve that, but our substance is second to none. So I think to me, so that's how we built it. We built it on mm -hmm. basically make sure that you know your stuff um, and and make and you know have the humility to know that the intelligence uh, is out there, right? And our job as presenters and producers is to draw it out from the intelligence, you know, from from the guests. Uh, everyone has something to bring to the table, and yeah, and and if the bonus is if you can present this well, fantastic. The bonus is that you can really present this way in an engaging way. That's fantastic, and. And we have a couple of presenters that do that really, really well. I mean, um, you know, uh, I, I I find, for example, uh, uh, this lady who inter interviewed Serena Shukri this morning, um, uh, Xiaoning, uh, Wang Xiaoning. Mm -hmm. I enjoy her her things. She is, you know, um, her presentation skills are excellent, and uh, and her questions are so chili buddy, but sit sit politely but respectfully, but challenging. It's like mm -hmm. everything all rolled into one. Is it one? Sugar coated buddy, you know, like you know, yeah. it's just like eating chocolate with buddy, uh, which buddy inside. Uh, so it, then, then when that happens, it's, it's magical. Mm. So yeah. when you but started it right. out, sorry, go ahead. No, so I said, no, to, to your to your first question, sorry, when one when one one loop, but to your first question, uh, there was a clash of cultures, and mm. in a way, I had uh, we all had to figure out what was the culture that we wanted. And, um, and and secondly, also, in a way, I had to really learn about the different um, how to reconcile the uh, the creative right brain culture with the analytical left brain culture. Mm. Now, those were the challenges internally, right? Um, mm. What about the challenges to the market itself? Because obviously, at that point, the only serious radio was your RTMs, right? And then then there's the music. So here's yeah. a new concept, if you like, right? I mean, we all know yeah. that, well, I don't know, CNN, if you go to hotels and things. Um, yeah. So how did you convince, from a, from a business standpoint, right, that, that, oh, there is a market for this um, and that people would you know, pay the advertising to keep it going? Yeah. So um, as always with these things, um, you try to persuade a few anchor tenants, right? Mm. Uh, to come on board with you. And, um, and that was my, I guess, my... Uh, market uh, advertisers, right? Uh, you know, sort of um, uh, who are, who can be these anchor tenants, uh, anchor advertisers on BFM. And I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, be able to secure CIMB um, in the early days. Um, you know, to sponsor this show called the Breakfast Grill. Right? Oh, okay. Um, or oh, even way back then. The first, yeah, way back then, the first sponsor of the Breakfast Grill. Um, I, you know, uh, so yeah, how do I get to CIMB? Uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to university with uh, the CEO at the time. 
And, you know, he, I said, look, you know, do you want to be an investor? First, my first approach to him was to be an investor in BFM. He says, no, <laughs> I, I, can, I can be more of use to you as a customer rather than an investor, right? Um, so then, then he says, okay, why don't you speak to my marketing team? So, you know, hashed it out. The marketing team were really hard on me, drive a good bargain. Um, and yeah, and that was it, right? So we managed to get on board. Once you get one on board, two on board, three on board, then you, then you know, um, then the rest are like, oh, you can point to references and so on, and then and it became what it is, right? So that's how it started all started off. So financial services, um, we you know, our early our first ones was was uh, our first one was CIMB. Okay. Um, then we built it from there. Mm. Um, yeah, and then you know, I know that sales is not my forte. I was very lucky to then be able to have access to. Uh, people who have experience in media sales, um, mm. and you know, and yeah, and it was great. Uh, you know, once they came on board, and then they introduced me to other people on board, and, I, and one just retired recently. But you know, uh, yeah, so they, yeah, we had a great. Uh, uh, they built it from you know sort of media uh, from a sales perspective and all that. We started that the engine started started moving, which is great. Are Are you surprised that? At this point today, there's actually no competition to BFM. It's, it's still the only business um, challenge. So, uh, at first, I was uh, you know I, I was thinking about this. At first, I was really expecting it, right? Um, but it's amazing though. Um, as I as I'm in the market more and more, um, I it's it's because it's not easy to do. Um, you know, it's not you know. I tell you why, right? Say you Astro, and, and Astro did approach me, a guy, you know, one, uh, not in the current team, but uh, a previous uh, team, George Chapman, I think one of the advisors that approached me and said, hey, look, um, do you want to do this within Astro, right? And, you know, and we, we, you know do, you, do you want to do this? I mean, we can, we can give you the thing. But I said, all right, editorial, who runs? Oh, we have the final call. Astro will have the final call. I said, okay. But that, he says, why? And I said, why do you have to have the final call? Why can't, you know, you, you know just invest and let us be independent? He says, well, the problem is this: you say something wrong, and we lose. You know, I'm not sure what's the extra revenue right now. Let's say it's ten, five billion dollars. We lose five billion, five billion, five billion ringgit in revenue because of one station, because you're pushing the envelope. Um, we can't afford to do that. We have a five billion business to take care of, right? Mm. Um, so, so I'm like thinking, okay, that's really interesting because then the big guys have a lot to, you know, just for this one. Uh, you know, one uh, chi- uh, one chiku, you know, kind of like small small business. Mm. Uh, you are sacrificing your whole billion dollar empire. So those big guys won't come in because what we say and what we think for for, for me is easier. I uh, at the end of the day, I talk to my shareholders. With, there's about there's about six of us, and we go, okay, you know, uh, I'm gonna push this. Um, your money is at risk and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, for all of us, we we all buy into the agenda. And it's our money and our mm. money at risk. Mm. Can, we can make the call because it's our money. In Astro, they cannot make the call because it's not their money. Mm. It's shareholders, mm. it's other shareholders' money, it's your public shareholders' money, it's another Christian's money. Right? So yeah. Mm. So that's a, that's a tough thing. So I think that's why I, I think about this and I say the only people that can, can do this are people who are also uh, independently minded and independent, etc. So you know, I, I think the edge can do this, for example. <laughs> But, sure. you know, but at the end of the day, they invested in us for a while and then now they left. But but but, we all, but why, right? I mean, why compete? Because they have their newspaper, we have our radio, we work well, we work well together, we know each other and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. So in that, that sense, mm. to your question about competition, that is the, 
big companies find it hard to do because mm. you know it's uh, um, it it's hard for your uh, salary earning manager to make the tough calls, which might affect your existence. <laughs> so it's not so much. I, I was thinking perhaps it, it's a question of the maturity of the audience itself. That there wasn't a wide enough market of of, of uh, listeners. Um, uh, to that, to a certain extent, uh, it is. Uh, you know, you are talking. Uh, you you are talking about a more. It's not your mass market, right? Mm. Um, mm. You know, people like. Uh, 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 I don't know, uh, ERA and all that can deliver three, four million listeners, right? Ours is like one tenth of that, right? So, mm. you know, so and and if you're used to selling by numbers, right? Uh. This is crazy. I can't. I'm selling ten percent. I can't. I can't even open my mouth to advertisers, right? But for us, we have a different way of selling. Right? We say, look, you know, we yeah. we, we don't sell by numbers. We sell by quality. Uh, you know, our, uh, yeah, that many hundred thousand listeners are all all in, you know we can we can show you their. They are responsible for corporate purchases of a million ringgit, you know, kind of thing, right? It's almost a one-to-one overlap with the edge, right? Yeah, it's, it is. Actually, ours is wider because it's more accessible. Edge, mm. you know, it is a bit more. You have to you have to be really a market participant, really, you know, That's true. Uh, to get involved with the edge, mm. to, to really get into it, right? Um, mm. Whereas for us, you don't have to be a market participant. You can be an entrepreneur. You know, like listening and just kind of like getting feedback. And, and we've had kids, you know, um, university students, professors use us as case, you know, listen to your know, professors still at universities, uh, you know, listen to BFM for this. I've had mm. parents coming to me and saying, hey, my kids are really uh, uh, going to me and asking, hey, can we, and they listen to Breakfast Grill, the father loves a Breakfast Grill. He says, the kids go to him and say, hey, can we ask questions like this from our teachers, uh, you know, Breakfast Grill style. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's nice. I think, um, you know, so uh, we have a wider footprint. Uh, more accessible, um, and then and then they'll grad- graduate into the edge, for example. You know? Yeah, and I guess the listeners is it pretty much Klang Valley and the big cities in Indonesia? Um, we have no choice. Um, sadly, um, sadly, uh, we've not been. I've we've applied so many times, but we haven't been able to get secure frequencies outside of Klang Valley. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so we're just a Klang Valley station, meaning KL and Selangor. Uh, we beam out from you know somewhere called Unukali, which is near, near Genting Highlands, um, but we haven't been able to secure, secure any frequencies. I remember, uh, and I, and it's, you know, I remember we almost got Penang, and then I don't know for some reason uh, the, the, the the MCMC um, uh, person at the time just just I don't know just just savaged us uh, for saying some one thing wrong, and, and then the whole thing didn't go through, right? So I'm like, wow, you know, this is really interesting. Um, and it's such a, to me, it's such a, this is where I'm, I'm like thinking sometimes, you know, um, you know, you have all these RTM stations, you have all this thing, and, and this is a great value. You know, this is, you know, you get education mm-hmm. in business and, you know, um, for free, meaning from a private, a private radio station that's sustainable, your investment is only to give them the frequency and then you can educate the country. Yeah. But, you know, I, mm. I don't know who to say this to. I've said it to so many uh, folks. Everyone's like, oh, don't have frequency, don't have frequency. I, you know, it's, like you well, it's, frequency. it's probably the same story as the, the Astro one, right? Oh, you don't want you to be saying the wrong things about yeah. links, you know? To, yeah, exactly. So, but, you know, I think you want to educate the population or not, right? So, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so do you want, do you want, you know, I mean, yeah. So, I, you know, and... Yeah, we can do this, you know, and 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 it's got, but you know, okay, now it's digital, but mm. it's, it did say yes, you have the app and everything, but 
but really it's nice to have that layer of um, you know airwaves right so you can then people then we because they need to be introduced uh, they need to be introduced to the media first they need to be introduced to the content first before they get excited about downloading the app Right. Yeah, and yeah. that's what we're not in KL. We are so when people go off to Australia, after, you know, people say to me, right, oh, Malik, uh, after I've um, I came to KL, I was working, I'm based in Penang, now I'm based in now I download the app and all that. That's fine. So basically, you you converted them, but mm. converting people by asking to download the app right off the bat really mm. hard, right? Mm. Really, really hard. Yeah, I think the only person that I think of my hat to, and even then, it's not I think it's Clubhouse. I think they managed to do it for people to download the app. Um, you know, mm. um, even before mm. you know, sort of. Uh, anything substantive happens and then now look at it it's 10% you know it's 10% of its audience so would you do something like that I guess you know obviously you, you can stream some of your podcasts and, and your radio station online even right um, yeah yeah so we do we did all that since day mm, one right so that's, that's already there that, mm. uh, so it's just the act of you know sort of but but as I said the only people who do that right now are, are those who are already acquainted with us yeah yeah uh, those who are fresh they're like hey I can listen to I can listen to the you know if I if I'm I'm hard up for things I'll, I'll listen to something out of US NPR this and that what's mm, BFM? Mm. <laughs> actually yeah so coming back to my competition question right because yeah in in Malaysia I guess the competition is not just in Malaysia now right because we have access yeah. to media from everywhere pretty much yeah exactly the only thing where uh, there is an element right so, so for example today you know you're not gonna have a discussion about you know Isurina Shukri the, uh, is she on the way out or not right mm-hmm. uh, at MD. You're, yeah. not, you're not going to hear that conversation. That's right. It's, yeah, it's quite local. Yeah. yeah, it's quite local. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, so we had that question of Serena Shukri this morning. Um, you know, questions about all the, so it's localization. It's, it's your local news, right? So and as your local news, not only that, it's also your local analysis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the, the analysis part is important because news is, you know, everyone can come up with news. You have, you know, um, you have Malaysia Kini, you have this, everyone, but can, can you analyze it quickly? I think that's, that's mm. the... That's the trip. So, how many years has it been now, uh, BFM? Yes, uh, 21, we started 2008. So, yeah, 13 years. Coming up to our year. Year. Huh? Or September. Yeah. So, as we come to the top of the hour, so, so the question then is where to next? Like 13 years is a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah. so I've moved on already, right? So, mm. I'm no longer managing BFM. Mm. Um, I've, I, I've actively, at the 10th year mark, I've actually sort of handed my reins over mm. uh, to a... So then is that, that fine life at the back there, uh, on your background? Exactly. So I've moved on to, I've moved on to, um, I guess, financial wellness is the overall heading and I like where I like to get there. Um, um, but I guess my way in is through Intratech, right? Um, and oh, why that jump? Um, simply because I think I, 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 you know, so, so this, this, the jump is this, um, I'll be honest with you, right? Um, the, the Malaysians are, Malaysians are, it's, I can be very forceful, but we're not getting a good deal as consumers from financial products. Mm. We're really not. The fact that you have two thirds of our policies, we sell investment linked plans, right? Which any, you know, everyone knows. Right? And, and everyone does it, Etika does it, you know, the whole insurance industry does it. The, it's, it's, a, it's a lousy product for consumers. Mm. You pay so much fees, distribution fees for that product. You pay maximum, you may pay now 1%, 2% for someone to sell you a unit trust, right? Mm. 
Mm. But how how many percent you do you pay to buy investment in product that money goes into your funds when you're you know when you're alloc- you know so mm. what I'm trying to say is that there is something wrong, mm. and and everyone seems to be in this sort of like you know it's hard to change because you know this is where we make our profits and no one's going to go to their board and say look uh, we're going to sacrifice our most profitable product because it's it's just it's 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 just not right. No one's going to do that. So you need. You need uh, again this independent, you know, kind of like folk, you know, sort of socially going saying, hey, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there are lots of costs around that consumers in do not pay for. Let's let's disrupt this, let's change this, and let's do something which is morally right, right, and not sell this crazy, not sell this really this terrible products mm. to consumers. Sixty-seven percent, right, you know. Just because you know someone says, "Oh, you know, we have the, the insurance industry has created this um, this logic of like you get the best of both worlds when you buy investment in product, right?" And it's mm-hmm. we know that that's not true. You get the worst of both worlds. Right? So I guess your own so, experience in insurance is pretty much as a customer, like, yourself. Yeah, completely. Any mm-hmm. business I do is from the perspective of customer. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I've never done any business from a perspective of okay, maybe a B two B fine, whatever. But I've never seen it as a thing. So. Yeah, um, and and also, but but the insurance is just one. There's other elements. Right? So uh, the 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 epiphany came when you know my, my usual habit at BFM is to have coffee um, after the breakfast grill. Whoever our guests are, have coffee with them because they're usually quite traumatized. <laughs> you need a they need a decompression. Right? Yeah. So I'll make them some coffee personally. <laughs> some right. coffee. Sit down. You know, just like you know, kind of like okay, calm down, it's all right. You know, you did you did well. Yeah, It'll boost um, the moral a bit. Yeah, boost the moral a bit. Uh, and then we'll talk, right? Mm. And then it's interesting. From those talks, I realized that uh, a lot of them are uh, might be um, great managers of their companies and businesses, right? Uh, or you know, a professional manager. But unless you're from the financial services industry, right? Uh, we're talking about non-financial services industry. A lot of them are a little bit like, um, like a bit sort of like they they are also hungry for not and they, they also need something about um, their knowledge of personal finance it's not as high as we, we would think it is mm. right mm. so i had one ceo asking me malik how do i and this is like you know we're talking about your know, 2016 2017 mm. you know uh asking me hey malik how do you invest in u.s stocks yeah these guys um, don't know mm. this okay. yeah they're so busy right they're like you know they, mm. and and, and you know, and the people that they do meet, um, you know, so they have their requisite insurance plans, etc. Et but, you know, and but uh, but they don't the the act of investing is still a thing. So I'm like, wow, if the CEO group or you know the C-suite group still can't get their hands around this, mm. get their heads around this, something is wrong, right? Mm. Uh, so there is a gap in education. There's a gap in knowledge. Um, so why not? You know, sort of start making headway in that, right? Um, start changing that. Um, and uh, and the opportunity came when um, I've like, I know, and and I was like, okay, how do I get into this area? How do I get into this space? Mm. You know, I'm not a you know financial advisor. I'm not this. I'm not that. And then there's this company called You for Life that started advertising on BFM. They launched, um, you know, uh, selling direct, uh, you know, sort of direct insurance uh, to the customer. Created a splash. They sold for the first time. They sold kind of like term life, yearly renewable term insurance, online, right? Completely, and they were advertisers. 
but I guess cost acquisition was really high for them. And after a while, I heard news that they, you know, I remember thinking, wow, this is a great product. It's, a, it's, you know, it's exactly the kind of like mantra that I like. Maybe you, know, you basically say buy term and invest the rest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so breaking this sort of at least this particular sector of industry, which is investment in plants, et cetera. And, but they ran into cost acquisition problems, right? Uh, very expensive. It's not easy to sell life insurance online. Um, so the opportunity was was there for me for, for they were put on sale. Right? So mm. let's make a bid for it. Made a bid for it, won it, and yeah, and rebranded it to Firelight. Uh, but to me, it's the first step. You know, it was the first tangible step that I can get into this space, right? Uh, ideally, it would, it would have you know it, there'll be you know there'll be a robo advisor this that the other. But hey, I you know this was the opportunity that came. And that and that, that landed on my desk. I said, like, let's buy it and then and build from it. And that's where that's that's how it's all started. Uh, you for life. Um, yeah. So so now we're yeah, we're in that space where we're selling insurance, uh, life insurance online, and we're realistic about it. Right. We're realistic, meaning that we know that this is really really uh, difficult. It's not easy. Uh, people are not making life decisions, you know, uh, just online like that. So uh, so it's something which has a bit more of a long gestation period. But we're willing. Mm-hmm. We we're capitalize so that we can play the long game. Mm. So the bet is still on not using agents? Correct. Mm. Definitely. Not using agents. Um, And yeah, because that that sucks up 35%, 40% of the value uh, of of the thing. Basically, you're transferring value for someone to distribute the product to you. Right? And the consumers pay for it in the end. Uh, So that's the idea. Um, Yeah. So I think starting with that, and I guess and it's becoming a very interesting space right now. So we we made, we made a bid for the insure tech space, and then there's now you know, there's an investment space. You have you know uh, the the ways of the world and the wahids of the world coming in on that space. You have the digital banks coming on that on, on, on one side. You know, so it's becoming a very uh, you have the e payment guys coming on the other, and it's still a bit of a kind of like uh, like okay, you don't know how it's all gonna pan out, right? Um, but some some I think uh, there's a few I think there's a you know there's a, in the robo advisory space you can see some some. Some leading lights and e-payment as well, etc. Insurance, insure tech, not yet. Right? So mm. we're all competing in that space. So let's see what happens. Yeah. I guess the the digital banking licenses is going to pave the way first, and then yeah, and then you know the insurance licenses will come will follow pretty soon after yeah. that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty so, much again the you know the banks and their branches and their legacy with the digital banks, insurance yeah. with their agents to the, just the digital. Yeah. 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 Mm. So yeah, and and the idea is basically, I mean, and we've seen what's happened, right? If once, I think uh, again, there is a social agenda. What's the social agenda? Uh, the social agenda is that you know Malaysians should not have financial anxiety, where as they have as they are right now, as they are experiencing right now, we should not have that. And unfortunately, now it's become worse, right? People have. You know, uh, ICNR, etc., have to take out money from the EPF accounts. They'll have financial anxiety, um, not just now, not now, but they also have financial anxiety in twenty years' time, right? So we have to, um, we have to kind of like first, private sector. We we should do as much as we can for the private sector folks, those who can afford to save, those who can we can afford to counsel, etc., right? Those who are working a lot. But I think the, the bigger social agenda also, and I think this is where um, this is where I think you know I, I don't think private sector can do this, and I, uh, uh, where you have to figure out for you know for those people in the informal economy or in the low wage economy, how do we cater for their uh, their 
financial wellness like, in their old age, etc. How do we fulfill their aspirations? Right? Uh, and this one is a. I, I, there are solutions out there. I, I I can think of some already. It's just a question of whether people can, uh, whether there's enough, um, enough will to do that. I, I'll give you an example. Right. Um, uh, today, uh, PNB right uh, manages our um, our um, sort of. Uh, our sort of saving uh, yes. um, it is not very difficult for someone like PNB right to say you know what we're going to set up uh, we're going to set up uh, protection protection for you know 100,000 ringgit for every single account holder and we're going to deduct a certain amount from their account every year to pay for this 100,000 ringgit um, hundred thousand ringgit. If something happens to you, you can have physical illness. You can, uh, uh, you know, something happens to you. Uh, your family has something, right? Um, you can a TPD, etc. You have. It is not for me. It's not difficult for an institution like that to 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 do something like this, right? And and given your members, etc., your premiums can be very very low. They can even take on the. Uh, they can even take on the insurance themselves. You know, they can even self-insure. Mm-hmm. Um, if they wanted to, or they can outsource if they wanted to. It doesn't matter, right? But to me, there are solutions out there. You can do it. You can do it with EPS, right? Yeah. Uh, for the professional, for the people who work in the formal economy. But if you want to hit people in the informal economy, you do it through PNB. Right? Mm-hmm. So there are solutions out there that can be done, and it's just that I don't know, lah. I mean, I don't know, you know, in a way, you know, you know, to to who to say this to, right? Because. Uh, the, everyone's now focused on the now rather than the future, right? Everyone's focused on like, okay, uh, you know, how do we feed ourselves today? Yeah. Um, you know, how do we, my stall is closed, I need my stall to be open so I can sell my grai and stuff like that. Everyone's focused on today, but I think somewhere, someone needs to focus on the tomorrow. Mm. And speaking of the now, I guess I, I can't not ask you about how COVID's impacted my life and, you know, how that's spurred digitization or has it not, you know, yeah, so it actually it has a, a neutral impact. So whatever we were doing before, COVID just kind of like didn't bring it down, didn't bring it up, right? Uh, two reasons. One, uh, some people say, oh, you should have gone up, right? Uh, and not necessarily because people's disposable income is more towards the now now, right? Uh, you want to survive now. You Yes, you are looking for medical plans, that's for sure, right? But are you looking for life insurance right now? Not right, not right now. Yeah. You're already taking money out of your APF. You're not thinking about, you know, your life yet, right? Um, so that that's the the kind of push down. The push up is basically that oh you know they, there's new groups of customers that say you know what hey I, I can't see agents anyway let me just explore online and buy some. So net net the impact is like neutral. Um, so but I'll be very very frank selling life insurance online is not easy, um, and I I know that I went into this with wide eyes. Um, but there are ways. So we are sort of but it in 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 when. Times are when things are difficult like this, it, it inspires the creativity. And I think I, uh, you know, and the creativity part hasn't kicked in yet, but it will kick in. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's gonna you're gonna see that from my life um, uh, in terms of how we get around the fact that people don't really don't think about insurance, mm-hmm. uh, life insurance particularly every day. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's a factor of the the complexity of the product itself, right? Um, and it's, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's easy to say, well, yeah. just simplify it, you know. Yeah, I think the insurance company made it more complex than it is because of investment link products. Have you seen a, I mean, you and I have seen something called the sales analysis, uh, sales illustration. Right? I, I can't make the numbers add up. I, I put it on a spreadsheet. I, I can't make the numbers add up. It's like, 
but all I know is that basically you you know that fund for you that that that, that account that is left over after all the distribution charges, the ones allocated uh, uh, allocated um, um, to you is very little. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a minority of first few years. Um, so so that that's complex. But actually, other insurance at the end, if you pull it to its basics, it's very simple. You know, you die. Okay, let me be very frank. You die, we pay one million to your family, right? And it'll cost you forty ringgit a month, hundred ringgit a month, hundred fifty ringgit a month, depending on your age. Okay, that's it. It's simple. You die, something you you can you know, um, uh, you can't you can total permanent disability. We pay your family this amount. We pay mm. you this amount. We pay your family this amount. It's a very fundamentally very very simple proposition. Mm. Just uh, people know it because they bought cars, right? They have to get insurance on cars. It's just that now it's on your life. Yeah. Does your family need the money? Yes. How much? Figure out how much, how much, and then pay the premium. But the moment we start to say, oh, you know what? Hey, but let's do an investment account for you so that you can also, you know, you can you, you can take the money from the investment proceeds and dividend and uh, things like that and put inside your insurance, pay your insurance. Then it starts to become a bit uh, uh, complex. Mm-hmm. So and I guess the start. Gets yeah. So the start with uh, life insurance. Would you go into general as well? Is that in the horizon, not necessarily. I, I like to focus on the. I mean, um, I like to focus on things that you know really have a huge impact uh, on people's personal uh, financial wellness, right? Um, mm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, and there's some insurance that cuts across both ways, etc. But to me, I want to do the hard stuff, lah. You know? The really, you know, it's really it's challenging, it's hard, and that's why you know that that's that's what you know um, that's what I'm here for to try some tough stuff. But there's some some stuff that way beyond me. I mean. You know, we have. Uh, I think we have tenang and this and that kind of things. I'm like, you know, it's just it's just barking up the wrong tree. Um, you really need institutional support. You need institutional support. We can do this. Um, I can imagine, right? I mean, right now, I think we have a purple castle evidence that's coming through with, or even uh, Ebelia and stuff like that. I can see, uh, you know, um, I can see e-wallets being fantastic for um, distribution of. Uh, some uh, t- targeted select targeted distribution of um, uh, support financial support for people, particularly the the one that's disadvantaged. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, dis- the ones that are disadvantaged um, in society. I can see I, I can see huge potential in that, but it requires it, it's, it's not going to be done by the private sector. Really, it's not because there's, there's, we have, we don't have the resources, right? What it needs to be done is basically, you know, someone to say, look, yeah, this, this, um, someone to capture the imagination and go, yeah, you know what? If we can get everyone to, to have an e-wallet that we can access, it doesn't matter who. Here are the five, six, six, six e-wallets out there, and we can put in targeted. And we know from data that they, 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 they are, you know, they don't have an income. They are informal economy, etc. But you, now we see this now. Okay, today we're gonna to have this program. Pump next day, you know, money transferred into their account, right? Here's five hundred dollars per month until you know whatever, right? You can do that. That's a potential. The distribution is hard. Rather than people queuing up, you know, asking for brim, prima, whatever, you know, so brim, um, you know, and 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 you know, there's all kinds of you can the sort of things you can really really create. And the potential is usually there, but it has to be. You need an architect. Uh, in the center, thinking about you know, working with the private sector, thinking out, all right, you know what, you guys are e-wallet guys. I'm the I'm the money guy. All right, I I I, I we can figure this out. Yeah. 
for you an architect. Well, I guess everybody's got my Sajatra now, right? There could even be a platform for, for something like Possible. that. Yeah. 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 Hey, okay, Lamalik. It's been it's been over an hour already. Thanks a lot for okay. for spending the time. No worries. Happy to. Sorry, I talked. I spoke too much. As always. Hey, no, no, no. That's, it was, it's been a, it's been interesting. Hopefully, we we'll get to see you when you you're back up in KL and you know, or if you're down in Singapore. See you later. Yeah. Borders open up. Yeah. Hope, yeah. Hope this thing. Uh. uh yeah. Yeah. Hope Everybody's okay over there. Then uh, I heard that Singapore's like yeah. starting to uh, going the wrong way. Yeah. Starting. So they are. They're not, so I guess my kids are back back from school now. Today's their last day of school. Oh, okay. They're all back now. So yeah. And well, and everything well with you? On your side? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, obviously the kids in the house and you know. Yeah. Um, this this the stop start stop start. That's the worst thing, right? If you if if they were just yeah. consistent about it, then it's, it's fine to plan around. Yeah. But the the intermittent, you know, uh, that's in, in decision. That's the that's the it's hard to to. to yeah. But we are where we are, I guess. It's uh, it's gonna be yeah. I think we've gone. I think our generation will have gone through uh, major financial crisis. Yeah, yeah. I think our fathers went through the 1985 crisis. We went through the 1997, uh, and then now COVID lah. I think I hope. <laughs> there's always there's like, always a. I'm always being positive. There's always a boom after one of these things. Yeah, that's true, and at least there's no war. Which is yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, man. Hey, Samahera. Alright, everyone. Sorry. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.